How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are, another weekend, another Saturday, and as is our tradition, Saturday Q&A day. So if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights, anything at all, discussion topics that you'd like to uh, look into, please go ahead, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. Um, I got a few things on the docket today that we're going to be looking at, and the theme today is doctrines of aliens. <laughs> um, so, some individuals have been pointing out to me uh, about all of the recent goings-ons with the government's revealing, quotation marks, revealing documents regarding UFOs and aliens and all the rest of it. Um, as well as the, the recent so-called unveiling of alien bodies in Mexico or wherever that is. Um, you know, those little paper mache puppet looking things that they, they have. I swear, it looks just like paper mache. It's the, 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 the way the guy's holding them and moving them, they weigh, look obviously like they weigh nothing. Like, just like you'd expect paper mache. So, I don't know. It's, it's a weird... If it's anything, if it is actually anything, uh, thinking about it, it could only be one of maybe three possible things. Clearly, it's not aliens because aliens don't exist. We're going to be getting into that. Uh, I have a message I want to bring in regards to that. But if it's anything, I was thinking, you know, it could possibly be either some ancient statue idol thing that they've uncovered that they're saying is an alien or i don't know or maybe from a long time ago the mummified remains of some mutated uh child that passed away or something maybe it's possible they have uncovered those before they thought were something else and it turned out to be just a human that uh, had bad mutations or something or i don't know uh, it could be a paper mache fraud that they're t entirely just making up who knows who knows? But all we do know is what the Bible says, and the Bible teaches clearly, very clearly, that aliens, extraterrestrials do not exist. And we're going to go into great detail in regarding in regards to that today. So, anyway, so there you go. So, grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens. Grab your tea, grab your coffee, grab your popcorn, grab your snacks. Come join us at the table. We got some doozies today, some real interesting stuff we're going to be looking into, if we have time. Uh, hopefully we can and as well be thinking if you have any comments questions issues insights anything else at all that you would like to discuss go ahead ask away be glad to hear from you okay so um have you seen the previous little short video i put up yesterday uh just about a two minute thing of this which of a priestess lady the mock pastorette thing that uh, going on about about her retelling of the flood and all of that did you see that did you see that uh we're gonna be reacting to that today um there's some things i want to point out because some things i have pointed out to some people uh they weren't aware of what she actually said in the video so we're gonna go through that again um, this time I'm just going to be ripping the video to pieces and I got uh, a couple more uh, we're going to be looking at as well that are really interesting 
<laughs> so I'm gonna try to keep my blood pressure low today. Um, I know what I'm getting into this time. It's not a blind reaction, so I it shouldn't get me as worked up as others do, like those uh, Saldivar videos did. My goodness. <laughs> Anyways, good morning. How's it going, folks? Thanks so much for joining in. All right, so the passage for today, and regarding all of our stuff we got going today, is Galatians. So please take your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and turn with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 1. Galatians, chapter 1. And in Galatians, chapter 1, we want to look at verses 8 to 9. Galatians, chapter 1, verses 8 to 9. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. And you want to pair that with all the others that we looked at recently as well in our previous studies regarding uh, Romans 16, or you see uh, with First uh, Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus, and all the others about uh, those that that don't bring the same doctrine, those that don't bring the same doctrine as us, the same gospel as us, to have nothing to do with them, nothing to do with them. Uh, doesn't matter who or what they are, if they contradict the word of God, have nothing to do with them. And we see the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ, by grace through faith, through belief alone, and his word, what it says, and how we're held by grace, and what the scriptures say, anything that contradicts, anything that opposes, have nothing to do with it. As well as to tear down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we are to wage war, spiritual war. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. We want to tear apart, obliterate, destroy the heresies the false doctrines uh, all these uh, delusions and deceptions by the word of god the fire the hammer the sword the war sword the war hammer of god by the scriptures tear it apart this is what the lord says to stand fast stand uh, unmovable always abound in the word of god in prayer fight the good fight keep the faith it's a battle it's a war it's to the death it's to our death we wage war against the enemy we stand for the lord until the lord brings us home whether that's in death, the second coming of Christ, we stand fast, unmovable, and say, this is what the word of God says, regardless what the enemy brings down the line. So Galatians 1, 8 to 9. Now, as we see here in Galatians 1, 8, look at this. But though we are an angel, but though we are an angel, now what are aliens? What are they? Well, as we see when we study the word of god and we're going to get into great detail about this explaining it and if you disagree that's that's your choice we can disagree but show me by the word of god how you justify your opinions and beliefs uh but uh as you see by the word of god aliens are nothing but devils masquerading as extraterrestrials in a physical form to get you to disbelieve in god and the bible and get you to believe in the lie of evolution and universalism as they set the groundwork for the antichrist that's all the aliens are that's all that they are they're nothing but devils masquerading as extraterrestrials that's all they are now the whole point of this as we see is the lie the 
the, the devilish lie of macroevolution and atheism of, uh, uh, and also coupling that with universalism. Now, what is universalism? Well, the idea that all religions are just of the same, are the same, and it's just people practicing their faith, but we're all united, well, it's all under the same God, and that God is a God of all religions, and that we all just need to get together, and, and unite together, and worship together, the Buddhists, with the Hindus, with the Muslims, with the Christians, with the Catholics, with the everything else, and we all just worship together, and that's, that's universalism. And that's what the Antichrist is going to be doing. The Antichrist is going to be uniting the world under him, under one banner of one religion, one world religion of one system. That's what he's going to be doing. And he's going to be saying that he is God and that the God of the Bible doesn't exist and that we just all evolved and all the rest of it and that uh, there are beings elsewhere in the universe. Because if there are beings, extraterrestrials, life on other planets and such, then the word of God's a lie. And I'm going to show you. So it all starts firstly with the idea of, uh, I like to call it, uh, the magical religion of atheism, okay? Atheism. This is something I wrote up a while ago. Atheism. The magical religion of the magic nothing void that magically created matter for no reason from literally nothing that exploded into chaos for no reason, and out of chaos magically created perfect order, that magically created an atmosphere on the rocks that rained acid rain on the magic rocks, turning it into stone soup, that magically spawned life from the magic stone soup and created all complicated life by chance. Magically, simultaneously creating male and female of each kind with perfect conditions so as not to kill or starve the life. And somehow, over the millions or billions, the age is always changing because science can't really figure it out, the, this life turned from fish to reptile to mammal to monkey and then morphing them into humans magically. Dr. Seuss would be proud. And atheists say our faith is dumb. Richard Dawkins says to go mock the Christians with contempt at the rally for reason. And at least Christianity is more scientific because we have the original something creating something. Atheists have nihilistic nothing making something, which is unscientific. We have tons of proof of creationism, but atheism has literal zero proof of Darwinian evolution. Microevolution now, however, speciation. Microevolution is speciation. It, speciation, microevolution, is not proof of macroevolution, Darwinian. Now, just offshoot there just for a moment. Micro is small changes of a kind, but it stays the kind. The hummingbird doesn't become a 10-pound bass. It stays hummingbirds. But you get the different kinds of hummingbirds. That's speciation. That's micro. Macro is the crocodile lays an egg and a duck comes out. No, they completely, absolutely changes species and kind. Darwin's finches, for example, are proof of micro-speciation. They stayed finches. They didn't become bald eagles. Macroevolution is what atheists teach in school textbooks that the T-Rex became the farm chicken. Literally look it up. Look it up. They actually do. 
They teach that the T-Rex became the farm chicken. Atheism, when it can't win arguments, it changes the meanings of words. Famously, for example, you use their word of theory, saying it means fact, law, or proof. It literally means supposition, a guess, not fact, proof, or law. Atheism is a religion of magic and made-up theories, not based on real fact, all because they hate God and the Bible, stirring up hatred in others against God-believers instead of welcoming discussion. Atheists only look for ways to stir up trouble, so to mock the religious while they themselves are the most religious in their magical Dr. Seuss nonsense. And FYI, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Now, people say, well, why you bring up atheism? What does that have to do with aliens? Well, okay. That's because the whole premise of extraterrestrials spawned from the very theorizing of the evolutionary model. That if the, the Big Bang's true and it rips through the cosmos, scattering matter from nothing, and we evolved on this rock, well, if we evolved on this one, then clearly, obviously, life evolve, can evolve somewhere else. So that's the whole idea. And that came from the very premise of the evolutionary model. So if you actually want to trace back where do aliens come from, it comes from Darwin. It comes from atheism, atheist's model of evolution, of the evolutionary process. So we have to understand that when we get into our discussion of, according to the Bible, does the Bible teach that aliens exist? So I'm going to uh, go through this message that I wrote up a few years ago. I was posed with this challenge to prove from the Bible, uh, do aliens actually exist? Does the Bible talk about them? Can you prove it from the Bible? Is there anything even remotely throughout the Word of God that can justify, validate the, the idea of extraterrestrialism? So we're going to get into that. So I hope that you'll appreciate this study. And if you appreciate these studies, please make sure to give us a like, give us a thumbs up, make sure you subscribe, hit notification bell icon, so you know we put up new videos, and check out all our other videos. We've got tons of other goodies and content, as well as to make sure to check out our website, christiancoffeetime.ca. We have links to all other platforms and goodies, as well as free downloadable gospel track PDFs and e-tracks. Make sure to get busy, serve the Lord. Okay. So with uh, this in mind, Galatians 1, 8 to 9, but though we or an angel from heaven should preach any other gospel, any other doctrine, any other teaching contrary to the teaching of the word of God, let, have nothing to do with them, mark and avoid, let them be accursed. Now the word accursed means uh, official consigning to damnation by God. So keep that in mind. All right. Let's take a poll. Let's take a poll here. Now, uh, feel free to be honest. Uh, the, do you believe in aliens, extraterrestrials, you know, E.T., Martians, little green men, little gray men, or whatever they are? Do you, do you believe in aliens in any way? Do you believe in aliens? Do you believe in extraterrestrials? What's your thoughts? <laughs> I blog is very emphatic. Nope! Exclamation mark. <laughs> Now, I have some things to share with you. Uh, blog says they're demons. Sarah says they're demonic entities. You're 100% right. But I got some things to share with you. Um, now, some people may think I'm nuts. Some people may think I'm crazy. But uh, I'm going to follow what I'm going to say. 
uh, with uh, my Bible study and you'll see what I'm getting at and how it's possible I could have experienced some of these things. Cheryl says, I believe they're demons. You're 100% right. Years ago, I saw UFOs. Clear as day. I have this I think I think this is the first time I may have actually talked about this openly publicly. I, I think I mentioned this to some of my family privately. I believe this is the first time I've actually talked about this openly publicly. If I'm wrong, please correct me, but that's what I remember. Anyways, I saw UFOs. Now, a couple times, a couple different times. The first time I ever saw unidentified flying objects UFOs is years ago uh, my one job I was working at night and I was actually training a new guy I worked on a security team and we were working the night shift and this is around just past midnight I believe it was pitch black clear sky and everything it was beautiful night early fall I believe it was um, anyways, we're out in this one area. I was showing them how to do these uh, foot patrols around this one uh, area. And we're and it's nowhere around. It's dead quiet. It's in the off-season. Nothing else going on. And we're outside walking the, uh, the route. And we looked up. We noticed movement in the sky. And it caught both of our attention. Now, we both saw the exact same thing. And what we saw was uh, coming... To, uh, across the sky towards us in our direction were these golden balls these large gold balls they're, they're uh, shining they're very bright and there is about seven ish seven of them i think and they're flying in a v formation flying in a v formation and they're coming straight in our direction and I pointed, I'm like, what in the world is that? And we're both looking and we're just astounded. And we noticed that as soon as we did, did that, three of them just, poof, just gone. Just shot across the horizon, like light speed, just gone. Shot across the sky, gone out of sight. And and the, and the, the others just kept coming. And another one shot off, was gone. And there's just a few more that came and they dipped down like came right at us they were coming right at to directly at us i pulled out my cell phone i clicked record the moment i clicked record they just went just shot straight up gone and of course i i didn't get it on my phone anyways we both were staring at each other like what in the world was that and we were trying to figure out and of course we knew that nobody would really believe us and uh, so we kind of kept to ourselves that was the weirdest thing um another time i've seen other objects um out of the corner of my vision of different things never really sure what they are but the one that was probably the most prominent and now please understand i'm not crazy <laughs> even if i look it uh, i'm not crazy uh, but uh, my wife and I were coming home from town. We were going, taking the back roads, and we were going uh, where we had to turn to go down this one main road. It was outside of town, and they're building a new subdivision, and they had just plowed 
this large field and they got all the trees out and flattened it all down so they could get ready to start building all of their their buildings their project anyways my wife was driving and i was sitting in the passenger seat we pulled up to the lights of our turn and here's the field that's way over here and i'm i'm doing something and i look i look up and we're at a red light but i look across in the field and i i'm i'm just speechless i'm just stunned silent for for a moment and and then it's gone so i saw saw it for about almost 10 seconds now what did i see hard to describe it, it's okay it, it's kind of like what you would say a mothership it was a large massive like couple hundred yards couple hundred meters long cylindrical that's a massive massive cylindrical thing kind of on an angle sticking out of the ground and it had pipes and ports and vents and cables and stuff all over and engines it looked like a giant massive cylindrical mothership no joke lights and everything it had ports and everything all over it and then it's just gone just disappeared vanished now i saw the thing for about 10 seconds i i can still see it in my mind the details of all the thing now what in the world did i see you know if i was not a, a born-again christian that studied the bible and believed the lord i would hundred percent believe in aliens and ufos and, and alien spaceships hundred percent i believe in that i would i would now so what is this thing what was it was it real was it a vision hallucination trick of the mind well let's look into it now i've heard stories from other people things that they've seen and when i take what the bible says and i couple it with personal experience so please understand what i'm talking now is from personal experience my opinions based on my study of scripture so if you disagree you can disagree but this is just my thoughts on the matter from what i have personally witnessed seen experienced all of this i mean you remember i preached about how you know personal opinions are irrelevant and all of this so, so please understand i'm clarifying this is just my opinion i am not preaching it as doctrine okay now devils from as i have learned over the years from my personal experience my background as many of you know that i was born again saved out of the world of the occult I was a practitioner of occult and witchcraft and wizardry and all that stuff for over 16 years. And I have personally witnessed, seen, heard things that you just couldn't even begin to imagine. And that the demonic spirits, the devils, can manifest physically. They can, they can physically manifest objects too. They can take the form of all kinds of beings and entities from animals to insects to aliens to whatever to even looking like angels of God. They can look and appear like anything that they want and they can make you seem to uh, see and experience all kinds of things too. They can give you visions and hallucinations and they can stir up your senses, make you feel things. 
make you imagine things that aren't actually happening, like astral projection. You're not actually leaving your body. It's a demonically hallucinated event. Now, with that in mind, we see can aliens, uh, devils, devils, can devils manifest by their powers physical objects that can look like spaceships? Yes, 100%. 100%. Absolutely. That's not even a problem. So, why? Why would they do that? For one reason, one reason alone. To make you begin to doubt this. The Word of God. To get you to start questioning the veracity of Scripture, to... to uh, compromise, water down, change, uh, ignore, omit scripture to get you to lose faith in God and faith in the Bible and to believe in the lie of the doctrines of devils, the doctrines of aliens. Because that's what aliens are. They're fallen angels masquerading as extraterrestrials and they have great power. They have great power. They can do all kinds of things. That The powers of witchcraft and sorcery, that's just them. Janes and Jambres turned their staves into snakes. Don't forget, Janes and Jambres turned their staves into snakes by the powers of the devils. So you see, by that, an actual biblical record we have recorded in scripture as an actual event that actually happened devils manipulating physical matter that they can turn one thing into another they can alter the physical makeup of structures and things they can turn sticks into snakes so that proves the fact that they can manipulate physical matter so Devils also will appear in different forms, of di different, in different ways, to look like different things, to look like ascended masters, to look like spirit guides, animal guides, ancestor guides, to look like your ancestors, to look like your dead relatives, to look like whatever else, to look like angels of God, to look like shadow monsters, or whatever else. To look like the orbs, or the sprites, or whatever it is, they can do that. Uh, I have personally witnessed it. I've seen it. I know tons and tons of other people that have witnessed it too and seen these things this is what devils do now i've done some research in regards to alien abduction stories and what is this there's nothing but a uh, demonically uh, manipulated meditational event where they pour upon a person the powers of an hallucination and in this demonic hallucination, they make you see, hear, feel, sense, all kinds of things that are not actually happening. People swear, I was taken up into a spaceship and I saw this and this happened. None of it did. It's all in your mind. It's all in your mind. It's a demonically enchanted nightmare. It's in your mind. It's not actually happening. And so that's what these abduction things are. Now, a number of these abduction stories that the, a lot of the media and a lot of different uh, places don't want you to understand, and they kind of bury the stories, so you have to actually dig for them, is the sheer amount of, uh, of interactions with aliens 
that that occur when they appear to people in their homes or whatever and uh we see what though these people they cry out in the name of jesus they cry out in the name of jesus and the aliens are gone they just vanished the ufo just vanished the sheer amount of of records of this why would et care about jesus if aliens extraterrestrials are real why would they care if you call out in the name of jesus why would they vanish into thin air why and also the other thing too it's just it's really interesting now i don't recommend that you do this but i'm just saying it for the record uh how many of you uh, heard the name of the satanic man alistair crowley now alistair crowley was one of the most wicked evil satanic demonic individuals that ever lived uh, they they even called him the beast anyways alistair crowley uh actually uh drew a picture he drew a picture of his familiar spirit of uh, this demon that would come to him and teach him all kinds of things and a lot of his stuff he drew a picture of his demon and if you actually take a look at the picture of his familiar spirit it looks exactly exactly like an alien gray like all of the stories and the pictures and the image and the, and the descriptions other people talk about it looks exactly like that it's interesting interesting so when you start putting all of the evidences together and not to mention the very idea of the implication the implication of of uh, extraterrestrial life what does that imply that this is wrong that the word of god is wrong the evolution is true and what the aliens are trying to teach us and get us to do is against everything that is the born-again christian faith so just something to think about all right so let's take all of this that i've talked about now let's come to the bible i have a, a message here that i wrote a few years ago some of you might remember i gave this a little while back uh science fiction versus scripture science fiction versus scripture my my study here regarding extraterrestrial life we're just going to go over this again and uh i hope that you appreciate this i hope this answers some questions and uh gives you something to think about all right so here we go so it, this is based on some questions that i would get asked people would ask me do you believe in aliens Dude, does the Bible talk about aliens, all this kind of thing? So I'm actually going to take this question and break it down into a couple points and we're going to examine the evidence. All right, so do you believe in the existence of aliens? I would get asked. This is the most commonly asked question of our day. Even 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, how many of you can remember? How many of you remember about 20 or 30 years ago? That if you spoke about aliens, people would think you were nuts. How many of you remember that? About 20, 30 years ago, if, give or take, that if you talked about aliens or that you believed in aliens or saw aliens, people would think you were just stark raving mad. How many of you remember that? I remember it. I remember that. 
about like 20 plus years ago i remember people thinking you were you were nuts if you said you believed they existed but something changed something changed in our society and our society now admits its belief in them to the point to the to, to the sheer level that some religions including roman catholicism the vatican i love this part this is always gets me even the vatican has ordained a special order of jesuits to prepare themselves for alien arrival so these jesuits can minister to and witness to the aliens and convert them to roman catholicism <laughs> no joke no joke it's real it's it's now so widely accepted the idea of extraterrestrial life is so now widely accepted and believed that the reverse now is powerfully true that you are insane you are nuts if you don't believe in aliens this is now where we are that you are stark raving mad you're a lunatic you if you don't believe in the existence of aliens so i get this asked from time to time now are aliens mentioned in the bible did god create aliens do they exist do i believe in the existence of aliens so i'm going to break this down into set and separate it into uh, separate questions and examine some of the findings and these are just some of my personal thoughts based upon what the bible says about this so all right so now my job as a pastor and bible teacher appointed by god as a bible teacher an evangelist i study the scriptures regularly daily constantly uh, answering helping debating preaching this is my job so i study this i did a thorough study and this is what the bible says about this this is how we approach this as an apologeticist too as an official professional debater as well i debate in defense of the word of god and so i took this challenge and here we go as for being mentioned in the bible specifically the word aliens is mentioned in the bible three times lamentations chapter 5 verse 2 our inheritance is turned to strangers our houses to aliens does that mean extraterrestrials ephesians 2 12 that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That, that ye were without Christ being aliens. So, so what? These people used to be extraterrestrials? Hebrews 11.34 Quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in flight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Wait a minute. There was like an extraterrestrial war? No. The word aliens in the Bible is mentioned three times, and it is a word to describe someone that is of another country. Let's say I'm in Canada. Let's say you're in, I don't know, Finland or Russia or Australia. You're an alien to Canada. You're of a different country. This is what this is describing. Someone that is not of your land, of your area, of your nation, of your society. This is not a word a term that has a meaning of extraterrestrial life whatsoever okay so the word however is mentioned three times just for specifics 
I have heard many a time Christians being asked the questions about aliens being mentioned in the Bible, and many flat out deny and refuse to acknowledge that technically the word aliens is mentioned. So specifics are necessary when debating or discussing with, especially with unsaved individuals, when debating the word of God. The unsaved won't understand the exact meaning because the Holy Spirit has not been given to them to give them understanding. So they'll be arguing actual technical terms. So we must know the specifics and exact mentions to be able to expound the truth. So, okay. So, with that in mind, it is mentioned, but it is not describing extraterrestrial life. So, we have to go on to the next point. That The question I get asked more frequently than anything else is the question of life itself existing elsewhere in the universe. So, I'll list this in a three-part answer. Number one, can it exist? Does it exist? Number two, did God make life anywhere else? And then subsequently, number three, why or why not? Okay? So I've rattled on and on and on with reasons and arguments with many people. And ultimately, people will believe what they want to believe. And no manner of debate or reasoning will change their views unless they are truly wanting to hear. He who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So with that said, I'll give you a few examples as to why I, Brother Matthew of Christian Coffee Time, do not categorically do not believe in the existence of extraterrestrial life. I don't. All right? And this is why. So I hope you'll bear with me. If you disagree with me, I hope that you just give me the, uh, the chance to explain myself and to give answer here. So let's look. <clears throat> Grab your popcorn. A long, long time ago, in a galaxy not far away, there was literally nothing. There was no matter, no light, no laws of nature, and not even time itself existed. A complete and utter void of nothingness, with the exception, only God was there. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. The great I Am, the Almighty God, spoke and created all things. There was no big bang. Well, God said it, and bang, it was there. Whether there was noise or not, we don't know, but... For there to be noise, there has to be air for its vibrations to air, and technically there's no air in space, so technically there would be no sound, but that's a different argument. We don't know. Anyways, all that all matter was created by God. God spoke the power of his spoken word, created existence of all things, the planets, the stars, the earth, the air, the water, and all living things. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Fast forward a few days, and we see that God created man, formed him from the dust of the ground. Genesis 1, 26-27 And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. I just want to say... So, here's my first argument. Here's my first thing to think about. Okay? 
I hope you're taking notes. Since God made us in his image, we were made in the image of God. Not animals, not creeping things or fish or fowl. We, humankind, were made in the image of God specifically. Does that mean that aliens, if they're real, does that mean that aliens have rule over man? Because aliens are not of earth. Because we were given dominion over everything of earth. Specifically, technically, accurately, according to the word of God, we were given authority over everything of earth. Does that mean aliens have rule over man because aliens are not of earth? So man was not given rule over them. But man was created in God's image. So does that mean that aliens are of a higher or more powerful being than men? Mankind was made in the image of God, a three-part being of body, soul, and spirit. And we are, we are the only beings on earth made in this manner. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, soul, body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mankind was made special of a higher cognitive ability, awareness of time, an understanding of life, and reasonings of self-existence, and an understanding of God, which animals, creatures, and every creepy thing do not have to some degrees or another. But what about life existing elsewhere in the universe? What about aliens? Scriptures do not say anything about God creating life elsewhere, anywhere else. It says he created the heavens, the stars, and all the hosts of heaven as a picture of his glory. Earth was his focal point of attention and creation, creating all things to be made to be subject to mankind, who in turn is subject to God. But why could there not be aliens, life of any kind, anywhere else? Well, let's take a look and discuss a few questions that are commonly asked. Number one, can or does life exist anywhere else? Can it? Well... According to the word of God, it says that he specifically made all creation on earth. It does not say anywhere through all of scripture from Genesis to Revelation that he made physical life anywhere else. It does, however, say in Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 to 17. Colossians 1, 16 to 17. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things are created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Did you catch the first part? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Okay, so this is pretty specific and to the point. It says heaven and in earth, nowhere else. It does not say in the heavens, plural. It says heaven. And we take this, this word heaven and look at the Greek, the Greek meaning. In the Greek of this verse, the word heaven means heavens, aerial. The aerial, the sky, the space above you where the birds fly. The Greek word is oranos, meaning the aerial heavens. All things created in heaven and in earth. 
So we can't even take that word to even imply other planets. Dominions and principalities are the spiritual beings of heaven and hell, the thrones and powers of earth's kingdoms of mankind. So to argue specifics of this passage, can this possibly include life somewhere else? For that, we have to go to the next commonly asked question. Number two, did God make life anywhere else? So before anyone else starts going on, like, well, well, that's because outer space doesn't exist and there are no other planets at all. Well, okay, you got a bit of a problem then because we see in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, plural. So there are other planets. Other planets do exist, the Bible says so. so. Anyways, now number two, did God make life anywhere else? For this question, we have to ask, why would he? Okay? Why would he? Because we have to understand that with God, all things have a purpose and meaning and a point. God does not do flippant things. God does not do flippant, pointless things. We have to ask the question, why would he? What is the purpose of it? Anything he does has a purpose and a point and a reason to it. Because with God, there's a plan, a purpose and a reason for all things. Scripture says that the heavens are the glory of his handiwork. And the earth is his focal point of his attention for life because this is where he made mankind who, that were made in his image. We were made for the purpose of serving and worshiping the Lord Almighty. And the point of all existence is the fulfillment of the story of salvation. So, life existing anywhere else does not make sense, nor does it have any point of relation to the story of earthly creation, and especially intelligent life elsewhere defies the point of God making us in his image. This then flows into the third point, well then, why not? Number three, why not? Life or intelligent life cannot exist elsewhere in the universe because it is not of this world. As all creation is tainted by sin and is corrupted. Okay, now this gets to a real uh, something to think about. Therefore, that would mean that life anywhere else outside of Earth is outside the corruption of sin. People say, well, how, how could you figure that? How could you factor that? Bear with me. Life anywhere else would be outside the corruption of sin, technically, by the word of God. Romans 8, 19 to 22. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature is made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven. That's our sky. There is none other name under our sky, under heaven, given among men whereby we must be saved. Hold on to that. Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. So, okay, all right. If there are aliens, 
Are they corrupted by sin and in need of a plan of salvation? Does God need to send them a savior? Or are they sinless beings living in a type of Eden, immortal and perfect? The whole idea of life here is the fulfillment of the word of God, as all scripture from Genesis to Revelation as a picture and image of Christ and his power and salvation. So to say that aliens exist of any kind has no point to it, and it contradicts the point of scripture. Could God have made them? Well, yeah, he's God. He could have if he wanted to. Did he? No. No, he did not. Because he works and creates with purpose and planning, and the sheer existence of life anywhere else does not work with the layout of Scripture. God does not do pointless things. He is not the author of confusion, and creation was made for the purpose of serving him and glorifying him. Life elsewhere is confusion, and a violation of the purpose of created existence, and it goes against everything we believe. So now, we see the, the argument of sin. As we see, the scripture says creation of earth, under heaven, of earth. Earth needs to be saved. All of earth is corrupted by sin. And no salvation, no other name under under heaven of our earth is given among men whereby you must be saved. So how do aliens, extraterrestrials, fall into the scope of the sin argument? The salvation argument. And like we talked about at the beginning, the argument uh, in regards to atheism and the evolutionary model, not to mention that the whole idea of life elsewhere came from the minds of wicked men trying to explain existence without God. Evolution spawns alien life, atheism, humanism, and satanic doctrine. The doctrines of God cannot and do not include life outside this world because God only sent his son to this world because he so loved this world. So life existing on other planets is only valid in one area. Science fiction. And imagined made up stories. As a reality, it cannot exist because God did not make it nor would even love it because he only so loved us if he did it would have been included in our story and would have been included in the salvation plan but it's not and therefore cannot exist romans 1 18 to 23 for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of god is manifest in them for god hath showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and godhead so that they are without excuse because that when they knew god they glorified him not as god neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations like evolution and their foolish heart was darkened professing themselves to be wise like evolutionist scientists they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible god into an image made like the corruptible men birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things god is just nature that god is just nature mother earth that the dirt spawned life 
the dirt made us. We evolved from the dirt that the dirt made us magically by the acid and the rain on the rocks and we turn into amoebas and turn into fish and turn into reptiles and turn into monkeys and turn into man. That we evolved from the ground that, 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 that the matter itself made us and there is no God. They, they changed the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible men into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Here's another thought to consider. Okay? If extraterrestrials do exist, if they are true, how are they to be considered in the gospel narrative? Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So does that mean that we're supposed to find a way to witness and evangelize to E.T.? Does the Great Commission include aliens? It's ridiculous to say, but so many Christians believe this in some degree. And they argue then, however, that if, if they can't be intelligent life because souls would be involved, then it's not intelligent life, but that rather aliens are just an animal-type being like dogs and fish. What is this then? But an argument of disbelieving the word of God because they do not study or fully believe what they say they believe. God's word is clear, specific, and answers every single possible question that could ever arise. And simple faith and belief is all that is needed. They say then that they say they believe in life on other planets because they cannot accept or believe that this is all that there is. There must be more. Well... To a point, you're right. There is more. That's the whole point. This isn't all there is. Our souls live on for eternity and we will live with the Lord God forever. Life here is temporary, mortal, confined to this one planet. As we see in scripture, the pictures here, the stars and the sun and the moon are pictures of God's glory. The sun is a representation of Christ. The moon as a picture of the saints reflecting the, the light, the brightness of Christ into the darkness of earth. The stars, as scripture talks about, is a picture of the angels. And all the galaxies and other planets are, are crea of creation are the work of God's handiwork. All life is focused and concentrated to this earth and only here and creating life elsewhere now. Last point creating life elsewhere is splitting God's focus and directed concentration and this is creating a double-minded point. James 1.8 A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Therefore, therefore, any alien extraterrestrial would be a demonic being manifesting as a physical being. To deceive the people to cause disbelief in the word of God. A teaching or belief cannot be held valid if it violates a doctrine of scripture, if even remotely. All ideas, all beliefs, all thought, and all action must be held subject to the word of God. Let God be true and every man a liar. There you go. That's my debate argument in regards to extraterrestrial life and what the Bible says. Science fiction versus scripture. So 
There you go. So what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts? Do you agree? Do you disagree? What's your thoughts? There we go. What? Okay, what would you do then? Hi hypothetically. Now, you know how much I absolutely hate hypotheticals, but sometimes it's got to be said. Now, hypothetically, what if? What if a you know, spinning flying saucer all lit up uh, lands in your backyard? The, 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 the bridge comes down and these little gray dudes come walking out. Klaatu Barada Nikto, you know, the day the earth stood still. And, and they start speaking to you. What are you going to do? What is this? What's happening? Well, it's either one of a couple options. Number one, it's a straight up government ploy. <laughs> and it's some somehow these are robots or something or the government has made something. Or it's demonic. It's straight up a demonic manifestation. It's a demonic manifestation. Where they are trying to deceive you, to trick you, to get you to believe this. So either way, well, if it's of the government, it's a lie anyways, because the government says nothing but lies. And the government is of their father, the father of lies, the devil, who is a liar and always been a liar. The father of lies, there's no truth in him. So, so it's, it's a lie. Aliens don't exist. It's something that's trying to get you to believe in something that's a lie. Aliens don't exist. It, that uh, real, real aliens are nothing but demons masquerading as extraterrestrials to get you to disbelieve in god disbelieve in the bible to believe in evolution and universalism so they can start laying groundwork for belief in the antichrist that's all it is there you go you will never ever in a billion trillion years ever be able to convince me that extraterrestrial life exists doesn't happen in fact that, that there was a time a couple years ago, some of you might remember that uh, 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 they they somehow discovered bacteria. Bacteria in outer space. They found bacteria in outer space and they're like, this is proof of it. This is proof. Extraterrestrial life, extraterrestrial life. There's bacteria. Really? So you found, wait a minute. Well, hold up. Okay, a couple arguments here. Number one, you found you found a couple cells in outer space and you're claiming it's life, but a couple cells in the womb is not stated as life. And finally, the, 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 the cells that they found in outer space actually came from uh, their machinery and actually came from Earth and they just forgot to scrub this one area and it was, it was actually from them. It wasn't actually from outer space. So they, they scammed themselves. <laughs> They'll never find real life in outer space. Now, what what potentially could they possibly maybe find? Now, here here is a personal theory of mine. All right. This is my own personal theory. If it actually comes down to this and they actually do find uh, life on some other planet or Mars or Moon or wherever else or whatever, they, they happen to find something. Let's say they find a dandelion on Mars or whatever. How, how'd that happen? They found grass. They found actual bacteria. They actually found something on Mars or wherever. How did that happen? The devil's put it there. 
It's not even a challenge. The devils put it there. They they can manipulate physical matter. They can manipulate physical matter. They can also teleport. They can take something from Earth, put it somewhere else. They do that. They do it all the time in the occult. You can you can transport stuff around and they can send stuff, do stuff. It, it's not even a problem. They can take something from here and put it there and make it look like the, 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 the astronauts found something. They can do that. That's not proof of aliens. That's proof of the power of devils. Think biblically. Think logically biblically. How could it happen? The idea that aliens actually exist is not even on the table. That's not even an option. They don't exist. It's devils. Okay, so then if something was to occur, how then, according to that logic line then, how would it happen? The devils put it there. The devils did it. There you go. We solved all the problems of the universe. Okay, so there we go. So what's your thoughts? You got any comments, questions, issues, insights? Come on. I know you got to have something. You got to have some thought, some something you're thinking about, some point, some argument. I know you got to have something. Come on. Come on. Share it. Let's go. All right. So let's back up in the comments here. Yeah. Okay. I'm going up here. Mia says, when I was a kid, I was waiting for aliens to come and pick me up because I was bullied at school, and I'm happy I did. it didn't happen, though. Yeah. yeah. Too much Star Trek, too much Star Wars. <laughs> Sarah says, I woke up and instantly thought a spider crawled across my baby's face, turned the light on, looked for it, and saw nothing. Could it have been just hallucination? Yeah, it, it's hallucinations, uh, demonic visions, all these kinds of things. Uh, things like that can happen. Could there have been a spider and it just scuttled away and you just didn't see it? It's possible. The point the point that we do see, though, when it comes to all these things is not to fear. Fear not. Fear not. Though we are an angel from heaven should preach any of the gospel. Fear not. We know what the truth is. We know what the Lord says. We know the power of the Lord. And we're fear not, worry not, doubt not, care not, fret not, be anxious for nothing, sorrow not. So we see we're to rejoice in the Lord, stay in the strength of the Lord, and anything that comes along, worry not, doubt not, fear not, fret not. And also God is not the author of confusion. We know what truth is according to the word of God, and something that appears that is confusing what's clearly not of God. If it's something that is that is producing confusion, it's not of God. Well, I had a dream. What was it? What was it? I don't know. I wonder if it was of God. It wasn't of God. If you have to ask the question, I wonder what it was, then it's not of God. God is not the author of confusion. So we see that when it comes down to it, understanding the ways of the Lord is simple. Very simple. Straightforward. There's an answer for everything. We go to the word of God. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, green uh, green hoodie says people divide aliens and demons because of science and modernism yeah is it they try to bring in an argument of um, well it's the argument of nihilism versus uh, oh what's the word 
No, that's not the right one. I forget what the word is. Existentialism. Existentialism. Nihilism versus ex- existentialism. The idea that there is more to life. And we see nihilism, the idea that it's, this is all that there is. So they, they divide that the aliens have to be a physical thing and it's based off of the evolutionary model. Existentialism is the idea that uh, there's more to life, at, uh, afterlife, spiritual life, and all these things. So they try to separate these two. That it's, that it can't, it's just not possible that aliens could be demons. Uh, really? So yeah, exactly. People try to divide it into a two-point matter when it's not. Okay. Um... Uh, Cheryl says it all goes back to the beginning in the Garden of Eden when Satan caused Eve to doubt at, 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 by asking, Yea, hath God said? Exactly. Exactly. Rosalie says, I think people should keep their eyes set on Jesus, not be distracted by these strange ideas. 100%. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, going down through. Rosalie says, Some years ago, I saw that painting by Aleister Crowley of his demon friends looking like aliens and it totally convinced me yeah so exactly when you it's, it's Satan uses the same tactics over and over and over and over again but all he does is he just puts a different mask on it it's the same doctrine same uh, same point same purpose same outcome every time he just paints a different mask on it but it's the same thing yeah exactly all right so that's my study in regards regarding to the extraterrestrial life argument do they exist no they don't uh what happens if they show up rebuke them and if you rebuke them they don't go away it's just a government lie ploy job that's all it is so just ignore it just go back in close the door ignore it that's all it is and uh so the but we come down to is just don't worry about it don't even worry about it it's not even thing we should even pay attention to so why are you talking about it because people are talking about it and we need to see what does the bible have to say there's an answer to everything in the word of god Alrighty. so with that uh wrapped up there i hope that that uh, gives you some answers something to think about now what i want to move on to here is i got a couple videos that i want to biblically react to biblically respond to um as I said earlier at the beginning of this video, I asked the question, uh, how many of you have have seen, did you did you watch that short little two-minute video I put up yesterday of that crazy witch priestess mock uh, uh, pastorette talking about Noah's flood? Did you, did you watch that video? It's like a two-minute thing. I'm going to play that, and I'm going to point out some things to you. We're going to go through that together and correct her biblically. So unfortunately, I can't go to her cult temple building. I don't know where it is. I don't know who she is. I don't know anything about it other than what the video says. So I I would love to go there and actually stand up and rebuke her and tell what the Bible says. I'm sure they would run me out of the building, but I can't do that. So this is the best I can come up with, as I hope she sees this. Okay. This is unbelievable this video uh my older brother sent this to me and i just i i I just i i couldn't i i couldn't believe the sheer level of nonsense and god hate that is coming out of her mouth it is unbelievable so grab your popcorn and hold on to your chair this is something else 
So, okay, let's take a look at this. What does she have to say? Oh, boy. So, did you know that there are rainbow stories in the Bible? We're, this is, we're going to go just point by point, bit by bit here. Did you know that there are rainbow stories in the Bible? All right, so right off the bat, first thing out of her mouth, first thing out of her mouth is her complete corruption of the rainbow. Did you know that the, the actual rainbow design of the LGBT community only has six colors. But the actual rainbow of nature that God made has seven. That is interesting. That's interesting. Why would they have omitted one? Uh, also, uh, I, I was thinking about it a while ago. Why a rainbow? Why? Like, why specifically? We say, well, because the, God put the rainbow after the flood and all this. Okay, yeah, yeah, I understand that, but there's there's got to be more to it, and you got to think about it. Now, if you actually take a look, not at the specific just six-layered rainbow of the LGBT, but the the full flag, the full rainbow with all the designs, all the colors, all the stuff. It looks looks like a light spectrum, like a like you know the fractals it looks like a, you know the the a fractured light uh, that that's really interesting and i got thinking about that why is that why do they have that design as their thing for their movement and i got thinking about that and uh i think i figured it out i think i figured it out now correct me if i'm wrong this is just my opinion but i'm but it's just it's interesting that lucifer means light bearer Lucifer means light bearer. And he is a fallen angel. Broken light, fractured light, uh, a flash of light. It's just, it's interesting that what a rainbow is and what Lucifer means and how he's taken the rainbow at this light spectrum, this light fractured, uh, light fractals, and he's designed something, uh, after a movement of himself it's just take that thought and just run with that just a little bit and it's just it it, it just seems to make sense there it's really interesting but anyways the six is the number of man six is the number of man when you get into actual meanings of the numerical values in the bible as we see as 40 means uh judgment 50 is uh jubilees Eight is the number of new beginnings. Five is the number of grace. Six is the number of man. Seven is the number of God. Thirteen is the number of rebellion. Twelve is the number of perfect government, and on and on. Uh, it's just it's interesting that the uh, that the world's rainbow has six and God's rainbow has seven. So, anyways, she's taken the rainbow that was uh, designed by God. And she's now taken this to, to mean something else, to imply something else. Let's see, what else does she have to say? Yes, not very many, but there's one that's my special favorite. Do you know the story about Noah's Ark? You ever heard of Noah's Ark? No? Well, let me tell you. 
there was this person named Noah, and he had a big family. And he lived at a time, this is just a story, it's like a myth. It's just a story. It's like a myth. Notice the way she said myth. She spat it. She spat the word myth. Let's back it up. Let's listen to that again. It's just a story. It's like a myth. It's like a myth. So, it's a myth. It's made up. Didn't happen. It's just a story. It's just a story. So you see, you see right here, yea, hath God truly said. She's up front as the pastor of the church, the leader of the church, which the Bible says is not, not a correct thing to do in the first place. And, and she's colored herself with the pink and blue, which is the trans colors, the trans colors. And, uh, and uh, she has everyone waving LGBT flags while she talks about rainbow stories, meaning gay stories in the Bible. And she spits the word myth. I'm just pointing things out as we go along. He lived at a time when people all around his family were doing mean things. Mean mean things what does the bible actually say is it that did god bring the flood because everybody was just doing mean things they're just being mean no well well there was meanness but there was violence in all the world as well as god was not in all their thoughts it was rejection of the lord as rejection of the Lord and violence and immorality and all these things are carrying on. And, uh, uh, the Lord talks about this. Throughout the scriptures, it's mentioned again and again about all the things that were going on before the flood. And she's like, hey, they were just doing mean things. They were just being mean, big meanies. That's all they were just being mean. And this is just a myth. And so God was mad at all the mean things. So I didn't really think that God had a sense of outrage, but apparently she does. But apparently she does. That God just had a fit of anger. I didn't know God could do that, but apparently she does. God's a she. Huh? That's the divine feminine. Goddess worship. That's satanic. That's satanic. The inversion of the Godhead. As above, so below. That's, the, that's goddess worship. That's satanic. That's doctrines of Satan. So yeah. So, in a fit of rage, in a fit of rage, so you see this, it's just everything pouring out of this witch's mouth is just nothing but corrupted lies. Everything pouring out of her mouth is nothing but corrupted lies. In a fit of rage, God, in a fit, what, what is, what is a fit of rage? 
Does God have fits of rage? No. God is controlled. God is controlled. He doesn't go into fits of... A fit of rage is loss of control. Loss of control. More, it's a more, little bit more than an angry outburst, but it's an, it's an out-of-control outburst of anger. Where you're not in control of your senses. You're in a, sta- in a fit. You're in a state of uncontrollable in your mind. So God in a... So this female God in a fit of rage... Okay. God said, Noah, I am going to cause a big flood and we're going to get rid of everything and start over again. But I want you to build a very, very, very big boat, an ark. And in that ark, you are going to put two of every animal. Not quite. There's two of some, five of some, seven of, uh, of some, not just two of every kind. And the waters began to come down, and it rained and rained and rained. Actually, the Bible says the waters came up, because the fountains of the deep were broken up, and the waters came up. Water geysers came up. It didn't just rain and rain and rain. Yeah, there was rain, but the waters came up from the geysers of the deep. She's never read the Bible. And you know, here's the thing. When God saw all of that mess, all of those beautiful things and people that had been... All the beautiful things and beautiful people. She's victimizing... She's victimizing the people before the flood that were against the Lord, fighting against the Lord, fighting against the righteous ones, fighting against Noah, fighting against the Lord's word, uh, working wickedness and lewdness and morality and violence in all the world, and God is on all their thoughts. She's victimizing them. You see that? She's victimizing the pagan, godless, wicked, immoral, violent heathens that would not listen to the Lord nor would listen to the Lord's anointed. They would not listen to Noah. They mocked Noah and made fun of Noah. And she's victimizing them. Those beautiful people. Destroyed by the water. Well, God kind of rejects... What's the word I'm looking for? Regret. Regret. There's the word. God regretted that. No, he didn't. He didn't regret doing that. It had to be done. God did not regret his judgment. God does not regret his judgment. God pours out his judgment. He pours out his judgment upon sin, his judgment upon wickedness. He doesn't regret doing that. That, that To say that God regrets doing something is to say that he made a mistake. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I wish I'd never done that. God doesn't do that. God is not like men. As the Bible says, God is not like man. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't do flippant things. God doesn't have fits of anger where he's out of control and he acts and then he regrets what he did. You see what she's doing. You see the kind of God that she's teaching. Lies upon lies upon lies. She's a liar. She's of her father, the devil, the father of lies. Everything out of her mouth is a lie. 
She's corrupting and twisting scripture and, and she's corrupting and blaspheming God and his word. And so God said to Noah and his family, I'm never going to do that again. Even when people do bad things, I'm going to find a way to love them anyway. Even when people do bad things, I'm going to find a way to love them anyways. Hold on. And you know how you can tell that I'm never going to do that again? I'm going to put a rainbow in the sky. Look at that. Look at that. I'm going to put a rainbow in the sky and they start waving the, the full LGBTQI whatever alphabet community flag. With all of the perversion and debauchery and immorality and everything that God is against, all the abomination on that flag. And God put a rainbow in the sky and they're waving those flags. Look at this. And every time you see that rainbow, you'll know I'll never do that bad thing again. I'll never do that bad thing again. God did a bad thing. He, God made a mistake. God did a bad thing. He regretted it because he did a bad thing. He had a fit of anger. And he lost control and he regrets doing that. That was a bad thing. I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to discipline bad things. I'm never going to discipline your sin again. I love you always. That's why I love rainbows. That's one of the reasons. Happy pride. So did you happy pride? Did you catch that? God will love you anyways. He God will she will love you anyways. And she God makes mistakes. She God has fits of anger. She God regrets disciplining sin. We'll never do it again. That's why she God put the gay flag in the sky and happy pride. Uh, it's just, oh, there you go, there you go, that doesn't stir you up, I don't know what will, okay, one thing after another, okay, um, <laughs> so she God, no, God is king, not queen, he's prince, not princess, it's called he, not she, uh, so we see God is masculine, not feminine. Uh, the feminine divine, the divine feminine is witchcraft. That's Satanism. Uh, also, uh, she is victimizing sin, victimizing sinners. That when, that when God reacts to sin, that the, the people are victimized, that God is making the mistake as God. She, God, is just having a fit of uncontrollable anger and made a mistake. And that God promised that, that that she will never punish sin again or just find a way to love you anyways. And yeah, and happy pride. Pride goes before destruction. Pride goes before destruction is because of pride is why Satan fell from heaven. Why Lucifer was cast out was because of pride. So there you go. This, uh, this uh, witch priestess has never read the Bible. And it's corrupting the scriptures to justify her abomination. So there you go. Blasphemy. Blasphemy of blasphemies. All right. Now I have another one. I just have to switch out this video. Give me one second.
Friend, why don't you come over and tell us? Okay. One second, I just have to adjust this. I don't know why, every time I select a new video, I have to adjust it to fit the screen. Alright, now this one is interesting. Uh, this one makes me laugh, because it's just so <laughs> absurd. Okay, but this is the Bethel Church in Redding, California. Alright, this is the Bethel Church in Redding, California. Um, so this is, I, I've, I've titled this one, an excellent example of telling me how you've never read the Bible without telling me you've never read the Bible. All right, tell me you've never read the Bible without telling me you've never read the Bible. Here's an excellent example. Uh, this is the level of theology that the modern liberal Democrat progressive Christian holds. Okay. Now, I also am going to play this video with a little bit of a challenge. Okay, I have a challenge for you while you listen to this. Try not to smile or laugh. No smirking, no snorting, no laughing, no s none of that. So try to keep a straight face. I've already lost. I've already lost. But the challenge for you is try not to laugh while you listen to this drivel. Okay. Take a deep breath. Stoic face. What's your name? And tell us why you're being baptized tonight. Hi, I'm Crystal. And <laughs> I just know that God is calling me to be a warrior for his animal kingdom. And that I'm to lead angels of our, an army of angels to protect animals across the world. And I just know I can't do it without God. Come on, give Chris a round of applause. That's amazing, sweet. Friend, what'd you get? God is calling me to be a warrior for his animal kingdom and like what's whatever i uh, gonna lead an army of angels <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry this that is just the stupidest thing no it's not satire it's not sad that, that's literally a so-called church that's bethel that's bethel <laughs> i gotta hear it again i'm sorry i just have to hear it one more time this is great. Come over, tell us your name, and tell us why you're being baptized tonight. Hi, I'm Crystal, and <laughs> I just know that God is calling me to be a warrior for his animal kingdom, and that I'm to lead angels of our, an army of angels to protect animals across the world, and I just know I can't do it without God. Come on, give Crystal a round of applause. That's <laughs> now, listen, yeah, listen, everyone clapping. Everyone's clapping. Everyone's shouting and hooting and hollering. They think it's the most amazing thing that the so-called mock pastor up there is like looking at her like, that's just awesome. And he's like, give it up for her. This is just awesome. And they're like,
tell me you've never read the Bible without telling me you've never read the Bible. Um, when you reject the scriptures as your absolute final authority, something else is going to take over. Now, no, if you if someone could put it in the comments here, what is the main theme of this broadcast today? What's the main theme? Okay, what what is it that we started to, started it by talking about? Now, what is the theme here? You'll notice there's a theme. When we reject the word of God as our final absolute authority, something else will come in. Something else will take its place. The theme here is doctrines of devils, doctrines of, of demons, doctrines of aliens. As this is what we talked about at the beginning of this video of how aliens don't exactly exist. Uh, they, uh, they're just fallen angels masquerading as extraterrestrials. We talked about this and we saw in the Bible. This is Now, what kinds of things will the devil preach? How can you identify the manifestation of demonic doctrine, of where devils are being active? Listen, folks, like the crazy old woman twisting and corrupting the story of Noah, all the way over to absolute idiotic theology thinking you're going to lead armies of angels to protect the animal kingdom uh, the twisted nonsensical mindless deception and delusion where your opinions your feelings your personal experiences become doctrine and you leave this this is not authority to you this is just old news this gets cast out this gets pushed the back burner and you become your own authority your personal visions and feelings and experiences hallucinations and uh, your dreams and uh, all the rest of it it becomes your authority whatever you want ye can be as god ye can be as god knowing the difference between good and evil that's what it comes down to yay Hath God truly said, ye can be as God, knowing the difference between good and evil. You don't need the Bible. You can, you can know. You can just know. You don't need this. You can just know. God knows that the day you eat of it, you will be like him. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And, uh, like, Kimba says, how is that church going along with that? Kimba, when you stop reading this, you stop believing this, you stop holding this as the authority of your life and anything you want, anything you feel, anything you believe, anything you can imagine is actually your authority, you're going to clap along with anything. Because, well, truth is relative. Truth is circumstantial. Reality is whatever you want. Reality becomes whatever you want. All right. Uh, Ragnar here says, just because they sprinkle some biblical terms here and there doesn't make that uh, what they're teaching is true. That's right. It also shows an unbelievable amount of people don't know the word of God. Oh, you have no idea. Yeah. 
absolutely absolutely it's it's incredible when you really get looking into that uh, how many people are just ragingly ignorant on the word of god all right hold on to your seat i have one more i got one more video meanwhile if you could please uh think of some comments questions issues insights some uh, some discussion topics something you'd like to talk about and bring it up in the comments be glad to hear from you uh while i'm changing over videos here okay i got one more where did it go there it is of course it's going to start playing as soon as i open all in okay now this is a video i took off of instagram i took this off of instagram um how many of you remember uh it was it was a while ago several months ago or so um i talked about or i showed a video i think i showed a video of this guy uh of the church of god denomination of the church of god denomination where he was preaching to the crowd that he was jesus but he is jesus some of you might remember that that was a while, little while back anyways the church of god denomination has gotten worse since then they've just kind of spiraled downhill real fast uh they're they've always been a bit of a cult uh, they believe in the flintstone tongues uh, they believe you could lose your salvation they don't believe in once saved always saved and a bunch of other things they're also a hyper legalistic pharisaical workspace law keeping cult as well well they've gone a bit worse and this video this guy here uh, as he shows it is just mind-blowing okay so we talked about doctrines of devils doctrines of aliens and the different kinds of things they'll preach a different christ they'll preach a different jesus they'll preach a different gospel they'll preach uh different of different like extraterrestrial life evolution atheism paganism heathenry to even twisting of scripture like the crazy woman preaching the story of noah or that crazy girl believing in leading armies of angels to save puppies um to this all right hold on to your seat in Greenville, Ohio that you need to be made aware of. This call is the Church of God Restoration. They have appointed themselves 12 apostles and believe those apostles are greater than the original 12 apostles. Okay, one point at a time. The Church of God denomination has set up 12 apostles because the Church of God believes in the continuation of the apostolic line, of the apostolic succession that uh, we have apostles today like literal apostles today no no we don't no we don't but uh they believe uh, the cult believes they do but okay so they set up uh, this cult has recently set up 12 apostles uh, in the leadership of their church and they believe that these new 12 apostles are greater than the 12 apostles of jesus okay that's what that's what he's saying here this is what the church of god believes right now they believe that their that their 12 apostles they appointed themselves are greater than the 12 apostles of the bible 
Stop thinking of Paul the Apostle as greater than Brother Ray. Their chief apostle is a guy named Ray Tinsman. This man is almost viewed as a godlike figure. Ray Tinsman says that he can take away salvation. The ability to take away someone's salvation. In short, yes. He also says that he can write scripture. Could one of you write scripture? Yeah, I, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, they have 12 apostles that are greater than the 12 apostles of the Bible, not the 12 apostles of Christ. They believe that they're greater than, as you heard the guy say, stop thinking Paul, Apostle Paul's greater than Brother Ray. Uh, they believe that they can, they have the power to take away your salvation. If they wanted to, they could literally remove, that man could literally remove your salvation. And that they are so great that they can write scripture. Okay. Uh, what's wrong with that? Well... Firstly, to be an apostle, as we see by the uh, qualifications of apostleship, as Apostle Paul wrote in his word, wrote in the scriptures, uh, that, as we see, you break it down, uh, to qualify to be an apostle, you have to have been appointed by Christ personally. You had to have seen the risen Lord with your own eyes. Visions and dreams don't count. And then taught by Christ personally and appointed by Christ as apostle. Uh, um, unless these guys are over 2,000 years old, I highly doubt that they're apostles. And, and then go on into the next point. Well, they believe they could remove salvation. Interesting. Uh, first and second opinions don't exist in the Bible. Uh, you can't lose your salvation. Salvation cannot be lost, taken away, or be recanted. Um... So, no, you can't. I'm sorry. Uh, even God says, no man, nothing, no one will pluck you out of my hand. Oh, but I can. I'm greater than the Apostle Paul. I can remove your salvation. Oh, really? Good luck with that. Cry louder, cry louder. Your God's dead. Okay, we take a look at the next one. It says, so, so you also believe that you can write scripture? Yes, sir. Yes, we can. Really? Is that why God said in his word, in Revelation, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part of the book of life and out of the holy seed and from the things that are written in this book. If any, if though we are an angel from heaven, should preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let them be accursed. Uh, that man's a blasphemous heretic. He is insane. He needs a rubber room and to wear an I love me jacket in a rubber room. So he's insane. Let's continue. And their leader says to lay down your burdens and get behind not Jesus, but him. Lay down your burdens. Get behind me. Do you folks want to want to actually hear a devil? Do you actually want to hear a devil speaking? All right. I'm going to show you. Get behind me. You do, do you even 
hear the way he's talking here. Listen to the very way he's talking. The sound of his voice. Burdens. Get behind me. Lay down your burdens and get behind me. The way he says that is, that's a devil. He's demonically possessed. This man, Ray, who believes he's greater than Apostle Paul, he can remove your salvation, he can write scripture, and he says, don't follow Jesus, get behind me. You see, Hollywood, Hollywood's portrayal of devils is clown-like. That's not what devils are like. They're not like that. Where, where they come upon you and your face turns all morphed and you, you're climbing walls and your head's spinning around and you, you know, that, that, all that kind of thing. That, 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 that's not a thing. If you want to know where devils are, you look for twisted doctrine. You look for chaos. You look for insanity. You look for this kind of thing. This is, this is a devil. This is demonic possession. I swear, if you, if, if you or I were to go there and rebuke him in the name of the Lord, he would lose his ever-loving mind. He would go ballistic. He would start screaming at you. His eyes would be wild because that's what happens. When you approach devils with the power of the Lord and the power of the word of God, they lose their minds. Like the Gadarene demoniac who came tearing out of the tomb screaming. That's what happens. One more time. Let's listen to this. Not Jesus, but him. Lay down your burdens. Get behind me. The reason I make this video is I live within an hour of Greenville. I have worked with people from this cult. I have seen the damage that this cult has done. There is a. So there you go. There you go. This is what the devils are trying to do. This is what they're trying to preach. This is what they're trying to bring in. The devils want you to stop believing this. The word of God, the Bible, the scriptures. They'll bring in anything and everything of all kinds of angles from across the spectrum of everything that to try to get you to sway you in some level, some form, some shape or another to lose this, the Bible, the scriptures as your authority. To get you to doubt even the very existence of God, atheism, or to believing in a, a kind of twisted, crazy God, like occultism, or to believe that some man is like God, like this Brother Ray of the Church of God cult, or or they try to bring in some forms of immorality and debauchery by way of societal dictation, so that you will doubt this, and you corrupt God in some way. They want you to doubt this. They want you to leave this. They want you to disbelieve this, the word of God. You listen to the doctrines coming out of the mouth. You compare it to what the word of God says. And if it contradicts the word of God, if even remotely, then it's of the devil. There you go. So there you go. Any thoughts, comments, questions, issues, insights, anything at all, please. So, 
When we take a look at the Word of God, take a look at the Gospel. This generation, as A.W. Tozer says, this generation has forgotten that the gospel message does not clean up and shine the outside of a person. Rather, it bores into the very heart and soul of a person and radically changes that person from the inside forever. And we see, as we talked about yesterday, the righteousness of God, the power of God unto salvation of the Lord God Jesus Christ, his hold and what he's about and everything that he's about, how he saves and changes and how the devils try to get you to focus on the fruit. The devils want you to focus on the fruit, not the person. The devils want to fo- want you to focus on yourself and not God. It's all about you, all about you, all about you, all about you. And it's not about the power of God. As we see, as the scriptures say, it is all about the power of God. It's all about him, his person, who he is, as he gave of his word, which is above his very name. His word, which is above his very name. Another, another way we see is grace the doctrine of grace uh, so many of the works-based law-based uh, individuals works-based salvationists are preaching doctrines of devils because grace offends those who rely on their own efforts those who say uh, well it's you know, faith that works is dead faith that works is dead you got to maintain works and you got to earn to gain your salvation maintain to keep it or self-atone at some level you could lose your salvation or you, you have to earn your final salvation that's doctrines of devils. That's a devil speaking. Devils wear fancy suits. Devils wear fancy suits. And devils go to church. Devils go to church. Devils stand in the pulpit. Devils are not afraid of quoting scripture. They're not afraid of quoting scripture. As you see by the temptation in the wilderness as well with Lucifer quoting Psalm 91. Devils don't care if you read the Bible as long as you don't apply it to your life. As long as you don't take it seriously. They don't care what you do, what you say, where you go, as long as you don't take the faith seriously. And uh, because if you don't take the faith seriously, they can corrupt you. They can twist your reasoning. They can twist your logic. They can twist your insight. They can twist you up and down and fill you with all kinds of knots that you, you won't know what's up, what's down. So we see. How do I identify an alien? Listen to the doctrine coming out of its mouth. And as I brought up the hypothetical situation, what would you do? What would you do if a flying saucer landed in your backyard and all the lights are gone and on the and the, the the bridge came down and these creatures come scuttling out? What would you do? What would I do? You know what I would do? I would look them square in the eye. And I would say, what do you think of the blood of Jesus Christ? That's what I would say. What thinkest thou of the blood of Jesus Christ? Instantly. One of two things will happen. They will freak out and disappear because they're demons. Or it's some kind of government lying delusion ploy and they'll try to make up some excuse and say some kind of stupid thing. Because either they're robots or some kind of clone weird experiment thing from the government laboratories or whatever. I don't know. And, uh, but by, by their response, 
what thinkest thou of the blood of Jesus Christ? That immediately cuts to the heart and brings up the main main point and main issue. Jesus Christ. Because you're either for the Lord God Almighty Jesus Christ going to scripture or you're his enemy. And you listen to the doctrine coming out of the heart. And devils, devils absolutely hate Jesus Christ. On the top of which they absolutely hate him. They're absolutely terrified of him. Look at the legion of devils, the legion of devils that came running and fell flat on their face before the Lord Jesus Christ and begged his mercy. Preach Jesus Christ. It fixes everything. It solves everything. It reveals everything. Preach Jesus Christ and him crucified, buried, risen again. Preach the Lord God Almighty Jesus Christ who shed his blood on the cross, he died and was buried and rose again the third day. Preach the Lord God Almighty Jesus Christ, who saves by grace through faith, by belief alone, not by works, not by righteous works, not by works of the law. Preach the Lord God Almighty Jesus Christ of Scripture, Scripture alone. Preach the Lord Jesus Christ. It reveals the heart. It reveals what's going on. It is a light in the darkness. And the light reveals the heart. It reveals the matters of the heart. It reveals the thoughts of the mind. It reveals all. Preach the Lord Jesus Christ and you will find where the devils are. And when you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that fixes all things. It solves the problems of society. It, it, can, it has an answer for everything that's going on in the governments. Because those who believe on the gospel are changed. They are changed, they are altered, made new, regenerated, given life, and they start serving the Lord and they start producing righteousness. You want to solve society, solve all these things? You preach Christ. It'll drive away the devils, it saves the souls, it convicts the sinners, it brings revival. You preach Jesus Christ. That's what you do. So with that, there you go. Any other thoughts, comments, questions, issues, insights, anything else at all? Please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. All right. Um, uh, I blog says he uh, he's demonic. Yep, yeah, that, 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 that fellow Ray in that video there, straight up demonic. And there was another video. Uh, I don't know if it was the same guy. I can't remember. It was a while ago uh, of the same cult, of the same cult. He was standing in the pulpit and his eyes are just wild. His eyes are wild and he was very like, he could barely control himself. He, he, he looked, he looked possessed. And he's just ripping up and down on the platform and he's standing in the pulpit and he's, he's telling the people, he says, says he's telling them how he's Jesus. He just discovered, he just realized, he figured it out. He's Jesus. Really? No, you just figured out that you're demonically possessed, boy. That That's what's going on there. But it's the same cult. They preach a different Christ. False Christ. Many false Christs will arise. Many false prophets. Satan himself can appear as an angel of light. And his ministers will appear as ministers of righteousness. Whose end shall be according to their works. So how do you test the spirits to see if they are of God? Scripture. Word of God. Bible. Quote it. Read it. Study it. Believe it. Hold it. This is our first line of defense. This is our last line of defense. This is our everything. This is our light, our breath, our bread, our everything. This is our absolute final authority. And anyone who objects to that is a goat, a wolf, or a rat, or a demon. There you go. 
just some thoughts so there you go i got nothing left i've used up everything on the docket for today and uh, any other thoughts comments questions issues anything else please go ahead ask we'd be glad to hear from you uh chess here says i'm sure the thief on the cross was saved by his faith and repented heart not by his works exactly as the great preacher alistair Begg says and we've played his video a few times the man on the middle cross said i could come the man on the middle cross said i could come as you see the thief on the cross he did no good works he couldn't do anything he was nailed to a cross he didn't get baptized he didn't go to church he didn't take communion he didn't do any charity he couldn't do anything they didn't take him down and put him back up nope and he he just turned he didn't he didn't say some fancy prayer but what do we see a confession a confession of the mouth uh, from out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and he turns to the lord jesus and he says lord remember me when you enter when you come into your kingdom oh so by that by his statement there we see that he understood he came to the realization he came to the understanding and the belief that jesus christ is lord he's god he says your kingdom that jesus here is god of heaven's kingdom he by his name what he said there and he called jesus lord and jesus response was today you'll be with me in paradise so therefore by what the man the the, the thief said was a confession of faith jesus knew his heart and is by belief of faith by grace that man got saved the thief on the cross is one of the best examples of salvation by grace through faith by belief alone so there you go all right the man on the middle cross said i could come amen okay um apache here has a question why do we sin after salvation right okay because some people of some cults uh called the holiness people where they believe you have to attain a level of sinlessness and if you sin you're not saved no that's not what the bible teaches that's not what the bible teaches um or this understanding of why do we sin after salvation we we first see that this is going to happen as as the lord says in his word um uh first uh, john 1 9 if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and and then first john chapter chapter 2 verse 1 and if any man sin we we the saints we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous so it is the scriptures talk about how that this is going to happen and we will sin but but why i thought we were saved from sin no 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 we're not saved from the ability to sin we are saved from the condemnation of sin and we see as it teaches in scripture the difference of the dichotomy between the 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 soul spirit and the body as the body as scripture teaches the body is condemned to die this is why this is why we die the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord and and it's appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment we see the body will die and the reason the body dies is because of sin the scriptures teach that the that the flesh our body our flesh is corrupted by sin and our flesh wars with our spirit and we cannot do the things that we would 
So we see how the flesh, the corrupted sin of the flesh, opposes the spirit, the soul, because the spirit and the soul are saved. The spirit and the soul are saved. The flesh is not. The spirit and soul are saved. And we see this in Romans chapter 7 and, and continuing uh, writings of Paul on this topic. And we see how even Paul talks about in Romans 7, how he struggles with this. So if we actually go over to Romans chapter 7 just for a moment, take a look at what he has to say here. Um, okay, so we see in starting in verse 21, Romans 7 verse 21. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, of the heart, of the soul, of the spirit. But I see another law in my members, the body, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members, my flesh. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Because uh, where sin is, sin will abound and uh, is exceedingly sinful. So we see the flesh is corrupted by sin and will fight against this. This is why we sin, because the flesh is not saved. The soul spirit is. The flesh is condemned to die. And this is why when the Lord comes again, our bodies will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Our bodies wait. They await that change, the hope of the change of the glory. And, and our bodies will be changed in the twinkling of an eye and the sin will be removed from the flesh and our soul, spirit, body will be united together and we will have those sinless bodies before the Lord. We cannot attain sinlessness in this life, only in the next. Whereas the Lord changes us and will no longer have sin in our bodies. But uh, until then, we war with the sin in our flesh. So it, we see this again, read Romans chapter seven, Romans chapter seven, and Apostle Paul talks about this in great detail. So we have to understand again, just quick summarization, the difference of the distinction between the body, body, soul, and spirit. Let's just go over this just a little bit. Okay. So we know what the body is clearly, obviously, but what is the difference between soul and spirit? Now in this, there is a little bit of, of, uh, of contention some think it's the other way around but this is how i personally believe it see it read it understand it um as ex explained okay the flesh is your body and the physical realm okay your soul is the quotation marks body on the spiritual plane the soul is the body on the spiritual plane. What is the spirit then? Spirit is your characteristics, your attributes, your uniqueness, that which makes you, you. Like when you see a lively puppy, you say that puppy has a lively spirit, lively nature, lively character, attributes, all of that. That's, that's what we say. The spirit is the uniqueness of you, the characters, the attributes, that which makes you, you. And the spirit is manifested through the flesh. So you see the person's personality and it's also manifested through the soul uh, uh, on the spiritual plane. 
as we even see this in the Bible, uh, different uh, characters, individuals uh, on the spiritual plane. You see the spirit of the prophet Samuel, where his nature, personality is still uh, um, is still observed. And we also see uh, Apostle Paul says, I met a man in heaven above, whether in the body or the body, I cannot tell him, meaning it was this real. And I saw and heard things and we see we can see his personality, his character, his own uniqueness is still manifested even in that realm. It says, I met a man there. We spoke and taught and, and all these things. And um, uh, and and John the, uh, and uh, Apostle John and his revelations, uh, writings of the book of Revelation and his visions and things that he saw. We see people and angels and things and personalities. So we see. The difference here of what it is the bo uh, body soul and spirit what the soul is soul is the body on the spiritual plane flesh is the body on the physical plane spirit is the personality characters uniqueness attributes now the soul spirit is saved flesh is not the flesh will be changed down the road but until then it will oppose us the flesh hates the things of god the flesh because it's corrupted by sin hates the nature of God hates righteousness and will oppose us. And this is why we see in Romans 7, uh, verse 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. The desire to do good is with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So we see the sin opposes. Things I want to do, I can't do. Things I don't want to do, I do. A wretched man that I am. That's why we sin. Because sin is still in the flesh. And it fights against us and opposes. That's why the Lord says to, to submit the flesh with the affections and lust thereof. To crucify the flesh. To, to die to self. To fight against the self. And to, to walk in spirit. To think in spirit. To pray in spirit. To, to, to ignore the flesh and the lust of the flesh. So, there you go. I hope that gives a sufficient answer there. Uh, any other comments, questions, issues, insights before we move along? Uh, while you're thinking, there's one more thing I want to tack on to this. Uh, talking about the holiness thing. Sinless, sinlessness thing. Because you will come across cults. Quasi-Christian cults. Where they will teach you that you have to, you, you can't sin. You, you, you need to never sin. Attain sinlessness. And they'll use this passage here. They'll try to use this passage, but they pull it out of context. And they don't understand what they're talking about. And what this is, is 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. They, they love to quote this one and misuse it. 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. So, what is it meaning then? But Because it says, whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. So if you sin, then that means you're not of God. No, 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 no. That's not what that means. 
This is why it's so important not to just read the Bible, but study it and to do the word studies as well. So if we actually do the word studies, it actually means something else. So Old Testament Hebrew, New Testament Greek, we go back to the original languages as it was translated from the Hebrew and the Greek into English. So whosoever is born of God, so born again, saved, does not commit sin. Okay, hold up for a moment. The word commit in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, whosoever is born of God does not commit. The word commit, what it literally means in the Greek is to live in unrepentantly. To live in unrepentantly. No conviction. To commit, to commit yourself to, to commit yourself to, that you stay in. It's a state. Whosoever is born of God will not live in sin unrepentantly. That's literally what that means there. It does not mean that you won't sin at all. It means that you won't, you won't stay in a state of sin with no conviction and, and you will be unrepentant. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. So those that the Spirit of God is indwelling will convict you of sin. That's John 16, verse 8. The Spirit of God will convict of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So if we do sin, he'll convict us of it. And 1 John 1, 9, we'll confess it, and he's faithful and just to forgive us. And 1 John 2, 1, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Why would 1 John 1, 9 and 1 John 2, 1 and John 16, verse 8 exist? Why would those verses exist if those who are actually born of God will never sin? Why would the Holy Spirit convict us of sin if once we're born of God, we'll never sin? First John 1, 9. Why would the Lord lead us to repentance of sin if once we're born of God, we'll never sin? How, how if we're actually born again, we'll never sin? If we'll actually never sin, why do we need an advocate with the Father if any man sin? And this is talking about us, the saints. The context of those passages is born-again Christians. So you see the whole holiness, sinlessness thing contradicts the word of God. Yet another doctrine of devils. There you go. All right, Ragnar has a question. Don't Roman Catholics believe they're sinless at baptism according to the catechism? Yep. <laughs> All right, now for the record, I have read and studied the Roman Catholic catechism on all these points that we're talking about in baptism, repentance, and, and all these, these kinds of things. And according to the Roman Catholic catechism, and it's quite bizarre, it, it teaches you flat out, it says flat out, that the waters of baptism in the Roman Catholic Church, if you go to the Roman Catholic Church and you convert to Catholicism, you are then led to the waters of baptism, and the waters of baptism are so powerful that they erase from you all sin. So you are actually sinless holy at the waters of Roman Catholic baptism. But somehow you wind up sinning again, and that's why you need the Mass, which will forgive you of your sins again, why you need 
the confessional, which will forgive you sins again. Why you need Mary, who absolve you of sins again. Why you need the saints, who intercede for you so you can be forgiven again. And why you need to do so many good works and everything so that you can reduce the amount of time you spend in the fires of purgatory. Because according to the catechism, you, you, the, once you die, you go into the, to the fires of purgatory until you're holy enough to enter the bliss of heaven. Quote, end quote. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's what the Roman Catholic Church believes. So there you go. But what does the Bible actually say? Not that. All right. So there you go, folks. Um. Anything else before we wrap this up? Oh, that's the bottom there. Okay. So this has been a fun one. Has some real interesting stuff in this one so i hope that you appreciate these studies if you do please give this a like give us a thumbs up make sure you subscribe hit notification bell icons so you know we put up new videos and check out all our other videos we've got tons of other goodies and playlists and everything tons of stuff out there and as well make sure to check out our website christiancoffeetime.ca we have links to all our other platforms and goodies and again free downloadable gospel track pdfs and e-tracks as well as i want to mention folks uh, these videos that we do our videos none of them are monetized so when uh, as well for when we do reaction videos and all these kinds of things we don't get anything from it it's just for you it's just like you coming over here and let us all watching a video together we get nothing from it we don't monetize anything we get no financial gain from this we don't beg money we don't put our paypal me links cash me link apps in the bios any of this we're in this for the edification of the saints and education of the lost to bring them to the knowledge of christ that that's what we're in it for so again feel free to download these videos share these videos around uh, it's for uh, the uh, education of people to understand better the word of God and exposing of darkness, preaching of righteousness and of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So there you go. It's all for uh, our Lord and for the edification of the saints and bringing the lost to Christ. So there you go. Um, anything else? I don't think so. I guess that's it. Thank you so much for joining in, folks. God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.